Welcome home to Voice of Praise. Welcome home to the presence of the Lord. Isn't it good to be in His presence? It, you know, you know, and I, hey, you know what? I can enter into the presence, and I often do, driving down the road. Uh, in my car, I enter into the presence of the Lord. Sometimes I'm here and maybe in the, over, over in the pastor's, uh, office and I, I enter into the presence of the Lord. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm riding my Harley and I'm entering, and I enter into the presence of the Lord because I'm a firm believer. We can worship Him anywhere and everywhere that we're at. But you know something? There is nothing, there is nothing, and I, I emphasize nothing, there is nothing that replaces entering into the presence of the Lord when you're assembled together with the body of Christ, we call it the church, and we begin to worship Him. Can you give yourself a, 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 an admonition of praise for just being here in the house this morning? Do I have a water by the chance? My little wife, she takes such good care of me. You know. So thank you for being here and welcome home to Voice of Praise this morning. I look around the room, I don't spot any first time people, but if if you are here for the first time or first time in a long time, I want you to fill out a connect card because we have something very special for you uh, as you leave this morning and uh, just take your connect card by the connect center out in the foyer. Well, I'm not going to preach too long. Some of you want to know why I'm dressed up. Well, unfortunately, I have... Uh, uh, you know, I've been asked to carry out a funeral service this afternoon, and it's all the way down in Pulaski, Virginia. So we will be leaving here quickly after service. So if I don't speak to you, just consider that the pastor said, hey, right now. Because so, we do have to get out rather quickly. I, we have to be there and ready for that funeral service at 2. So uh, that's why I'm dressed up. I appreciate the compliments. Some of you told me I look nice. That makes me feel like I don't look too nice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, you know. But uh, but I noticed nobody else in the room has a necktie on other than me today. So no, no, Rick does. Look there, Rick and I are on the same plane this morning. Look at that. So, but anyway, hey, we have one dress code at Voice of Praise. Wear some. Yeah, that's our, that's our, that's our dress code. Wear some clothes. Yeah. Welcome home to Voice of Praise. This morning I want you to turn to Luke chapter 17. And man, I had no idea what the Lord was going to do in this service this morning. I asked, specifically asked the praise team to do that song. I just, I felt that in my, burning in my spirit all week long. And, and, uh, it's power, it's a powerful song and our team did a great job leading us in worship with that song. But we all know that this is Thanksgiving week. Uh, Thanksgiving is not a biblical spiritual holiday in the sense you will not find Thanksgiving in your Bible. We, it is not even a worldwide holiday. Uh, sometimes we forget that we don't make up the whole world, although the United States is a very significant part of the world. But it is a holiday that we have celebrated for for uh, a long, long time, and I'm not sure of the date. I'd have to go back and look that up, and I didn't prepare that. I think it goes well back into the 1800s. But here we are, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, and it's hard to believe that. It's hard for me because I'm just thinking Easter was just like a couple months ago, and what happened to everything else throughout the summer. Uh, these last two years have just, have just accelerated and went by so fast. But I want you to go to... The, your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. I'm preaching a message this morning. I've entitled Be the One. And when I, when I, we read the scripture, 
your, your, your minds are going to run right to probably the point of the message. But that's okay. I'm going to share what the Lord's given you. So, uh, I'm sorry. My, my typo there is, uh, my typing is so dark. I didn't test it on overhead. You can't see it. So just follow along in your Bibles. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. The scripture says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out with a loud voice, Jesus! There it is again. This is the name of Jesus. Jesus! Master! Have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he had... When he saw that he was healed, one of them when he saw he was healed, pay close attention to the wording that is used. One of them when he saw he was healed came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, the one. He said, rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. So I want to preach to you this morning with that thought in mind of be the one. Uh, genuine Thanksgiving. We, we talk about Thanksgiving, and I know on social media and on the radio, if you listen especially, well, to Christian radio, but even secular radio, there's people and stations that are, that are doing, uh, Thanksgiving every day for the month of November, the things that they're thankful, thankful for, and, and, and that's good, and it's great, and, and we put a lot of emphasis on Thanksgiving in the month of November, and especially in that third week of November, which we are headed into this day. But genuine Thanksgiving is, has to be just a little bit more than, than saying, okay, we're gonna take this one month out of the year, and we're gonna take this one week out of the year, and, and, you know, we're gonna give Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, my, my wife said it good to the other day. She said, she said, every day should be Thanksgiving for us. Every, every, every day should be the day that we, we are praising God and we're worshiping Him and we're giving thanks for, for everything that He's blessed us with. Well, when I was growing up, Thanksgiving, let me tell you, uh, we didn't, we didn't have like a huge farm operation, but we, the land's still out there. My sister and I and my son, all, all the, uh, accumulation of that land now, and there's, there's around, I don't know, 35 acres or so that we have, and, and, uh, we raised hogs, among other things. And, uh, and Thanksgiving to me was hog killing week. How many can testify to hog killing on Thanksgiving? That's what you did on Thanksgiving week. You got you a, you got you a big old tub full of water and you built a fire under it and, and you, oh Lord, I hope no PETA people are listening. You shot the hog in the head and then you threw him in that, in that scalding hot water and, uh, after you took all his entrails out and then you, you, well, you went through all that process of killing hogs. And, and I thought it was fun. You see, some of you may be going, eh. Yeah. Think about that when you buy that next pack of bacon. 
But that's what Thanksgiving was to me. It wasn't so much about having a big dinner, you know. The, the, our dinner uh, on Thanksgiving actually consisted of the uh, uh, if you killed the day before Thanksgiving or on Friday after Thanksgiving, then you went and you ground up all the sausage and you fried sausage up and you put it and you were stuffing sausage in jars to can it. We didn't know what a Thanksgiving dinner was with roast turkey and all that stuff. So Thanksgiving's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But 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 Thanksgiving really, really and truthfully, Thanksgiving really arises out of a need. Thanksgiving arises out of a need. Well, when we think about it, when when you think about it, in in a cold bottle of water or if you prefer like me, Diet Dr. Pepper and Haley's out here this morning and maybe she's watching and Haley likes Diet Dr. Pepper too. It's the drink of champions. For my wife, it's Diet Coke. But 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 doesn't, doesn't a cold drink, whether it's water or a big old glass of tea or whatever it is, it, doesn't it always taste better when you're really thirsty? When you're when you're really dried out, when you're parched, doesn't doesn't it? Man, I remember I remember my very first missions trip, and we would were up there in the mountains of of Kenya, out in the bush, and 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 we found out that there was this little. We had to drive an hour each way every day to and from the job site, and we found out that there was this this little store that sold bottles of Fanta Orange in Kenya. There wasn't much software. And every day we would stop on the way back from a job site and get us a big bottle of glass bottles like the ones, this, those of you that are, that are my age, you know, remember those glass ones and you pop the top off and you go along the road and you'd pick up sacks of them and you'd take them and turn them in for a nickel a piece. Those kind of glass bottles over there and they looked worn and I didn't think anything about it. And every day we would stop and get us a big old Fanta orange. And we would, I would guzzle that thing. I didn't know, I, you know, I would chug it, the whole bottle at one time. And then I got back home and I saw on the news, on the nightly news, they said, do not, it was at the height of the AIDS epidemic, do not drink bottled drinks in these countries because they do not sterilize their bottles before rebottling. Guess which one it was? One of them was Kenya. But you know what? The Lord protected us and the Lord watched out over us. But I want to tell you, I don't know, and even if I'd have seen that news article, that I wouldn't have done it again. Because out of the need of being hot, being parched, working all day long, and not having any soda, because I'm a soda, I'm, I'm addicted to soda pop. I admit it. Pray for me. Help me out, Jesus. I, I'm addicted to soda. But you know what? That, that made that big old bottle of cold Fanta orange taste good so good was because I was so thirsty. Food is more tasty when we're hungry. Chick-fil-A tastes better after you haven't had it for three or four weeks, doesn't it, Miss Sarah? Yeah. So, so when the need is, the greater the need, the greater the thanksgiving, if you would. Sleep is more appreciated when we're the most exhausted. Every miracle that Jesus did and every miracle that Jesus still does occurs out of need. I want you to think about that. Everything that Jesus does in our lives come out of need. It comes out, healing comes out of the need of sickness. If you're not sick, then you don't need to be healed, right? Joy, joy will come out of suffering. 
If you're not suffering, you you really probably don't have, you or I, neither one, probably have a, a really good uh, idea of what true joy is if we've never suffered. Resurrection had to come out of death. There's no way you can be resurrected if you don't first die. Ask Lazarus. He had to die twice. So, so we find that out of the need comes the blessing and, and therefore comes the opportunity of thanksgiving. Salvation comes from condemnation. Every single one of us is sitting in this room. Every person that is watching or listening this morning on live stream. I want you to know every single one of us have, have were born into condemnation. The, the Lord does not bring us condemnation. The Holy Spirit brings us to conviction. But we are born condemned. We don't have a chance to be honest with you. When we are born, because we are born in the flesh, we are condemned to hell when we are born. You may be a good person. You may be a fine person. Person, you may not have ever told a lie, though I doubt that's true. You might not have ever told a lie. You may not have ever done this. You may not have ever said a bad word. You may not have ever done any of the things that we consider sinful. And we we got a small category that when it comes down to it that we use. But the reality of it is, every single one of us that sit in this room, every single person that is hearing my voice, whether today or later on, every single one of us is born into condemnation. And because we're born into condemnation, condemnation is the need. Because we're born into condemnation, we have a need of salvation. And salvation is brought to us through and by, and we probably all know this, but just in case that you don't, salvation has come through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is meeting the need of our condemnation. These lepers that we read about in the in Luke's account, and I thought this is pretty remarkable when you consider this account. Number one, Luke is a doctor. So if anybody knows anything about leprosy, Luke does. He understands it. So we find these lepers, has these lepers... Uh, are they they actually are a little bit being a little bit disobedient because they should be in isolation sounds a little bit like covid-19 doesn't it they should be in isolation they they should they should be contained but yet somehow there's 10 of them that have ganged up you know why you know why those 10 have somehow along the way ganged up because god has given us a a a, a internal need of community so even though they're lepers, and even though they're supposed to be quarantined, they're not supposed to be around anybody else. Basically, what's supposed to happen is, uh, you know, you're, you're just supposed to be isolated until you die. Now we have ten lepers that have banded together. They they have their own little group, and 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 they're 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 uh, they're ostracized, if you would. They're they're away from society, but yet they're 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 together in some extent. But they they they're basically Basically, all dying together. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. We find ourselves grouping up and we find ourselves dying all together. 
But then you find as, as you read Luke's account. And, and, and uh, isn't, isn't, isn't it bizarre when you read this that, that Jesus was walking the border of Galilee and Samaria. Samaria were, Samaria, of course you probably gather this, the, the people of Samaria were called Samaritans and the, 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 the people of, of Samaria, the Samaritans that we call them, they were people that were, they were mixed race, they were no longer just Jewish, they were mixed race people and the Jews looked upon them as being unclean, they were dogs if you would. So it's quite bizarre that Jesus is walking the border, the border of Galilee and the border of Samaria. And as he's on, he's walking that border, and to me that has significant meaning, significant impact. Then these ten guys, they see Jesus from a good ways off. Now, I don't know how, and I can't explain it to you, but somehow they knew that this guy was Jesus. And they had heard about Jesus, and you know, but they had never encountered Him. You know, sometimes we are that way. Sometimes we've heard about Jesus. We've been told about Him. We, we, we've, we've read stories. We've read the scripture. We've, we, we've heard preaching. We've heard teaching. And we hear Jesus all the time, but we have never ever encountered Jesus. Now these boys, they encountered Jesus. And, I don't know how, again, and I can't explain it. But they knew it was Him. How did they know it was Him? Who knows? But here's the important thing. They did recognize that it was Jesus. They knew Him, and they called Him by name. And they called Him by that name Jesus. Not only did they call Him Jesus, but they called Him Master. But I want you to look at the cry that these lepers made to Him. They didn't say, Jesus, we want you to heal us. They just said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now that could have included, that thought could have, by all means could have included healing. But, but I, I'm, I'm just wondering is perhaps their, their, their physical circumstance deteriorated if you know much about that disease, leprosy, and, and there's, there's now, the disease actually still exists. There's just a more modern name for it. But, but has, has their skin and their bones and their limbs were being distorted and eaten away. They were dying a slow, painful death. I wonder if they might have even had in their mind, Jesus have mercy on us saying, just go ahead and let us die. They cry out, Lord have mercy on us. You see... These lepers had come to the place where they understood that the remedy, their remedy, the remedy that they needed was beyond their reach. There was no known cure for what they had. They were ostracized. They had no community. The only thing they had was the ten of them together. They no longer had their family. They didn't see their kids, their grandkids, their their wives or, or anything else. They were completely completely isolated other than the ten will. All their hopes had gone. Their cries could only be from a distance at best. And that cry was, have mercy on us, Jesus. Master, have mercy on us. So, that mercy, maybe it was to end our suffering. Maybe that cry was Oh, don't let us die out here alone. Maybe that cry was, 
that mercy was. Let us see our families one more time. But, but regardless of what that cry meant, regardless of what that cry was, we know the story that Jesus healed them as they went, according to Scripture. He didn't go over and lay hands on them and anoint them with oil or spit in their eyes or anything like that. No, he said, just go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus suddenly, he suddenly, when he says that, he's, he suddenly putting them in the perspective of, of the Jew. And, and he, he's, he's taken these, these Samaritans and he's putting them in the perspective of a Jew. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. Because the priest had to declare them clean. Their, their, their sores the, on their body and, and the different criteria that it was given to them to, in, in the word over in the Mosaic law had to be pronounced clean by a Jewish priest. And as these lepers went, as they headed their way, which was very, very, very much a rarity, they hid to the priest they begin to watch and, and realize that their bodies were being healed of the leprosy. Now, I want you to bear with me just a minute. I want you to listen real closely to where I'm going to bring this to. Ten lepers were healed. They, they all knew that. But there was one. There was one. One, that has he saw he was healed, rather than continuing our what we believe in, than continuing to go to the priest, he came back to Jesus. And if you want to believe he went to the priest first, that's okay. But he came back to Jesus. As he came back to Jesus, we can see that there is a, clearly a difference between he and the other nine. Because the one that came back to Jesus worshipped. He cried out with a loud voice. Now, we're a Pentecostal church, and we all pray at one time, and it, it got a little bit loud in here this morning, probably, and uh, to you, maybe it got a little bit loud. But I want to tell you something. Loudness don't bother Jesus. Okay, I'm not saying you have to be loud. Don't misunderstand me. You know, the, you know, uh, but understand that, that loudness doesn't accept Jesus. This, this, I believe he was praising. I don't know how far he had gotten away from Jesus when he started heading back. Maybe it was a mile. Maybe it was a half mile. But, but when he when he started heading back, I can believe he was saying, Jesus, I worship you. I praise you. I bless you. Whatever we can imagine, he was worshiping. Jesus loudly in an audible form. And then we find that he fell flat of his face when he, you see, the first encounter with Jesus was from a good ways off. The, 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 the encounter with Jesus where he cried out for mercy was, was from a distance and Jesus said, go your way. But now he's coming back and he, he's at, if you would, right at the feet of Jesus. He is face to face with Jesus and he falls flat of his face and he worships the Lord. He worships Jesus falling flat of his face indicates total submission. It, it indicates kingship, if you would. He is not only, did he not only say Jesus master when they cried out to him but now he has come back to praise and to worship the one that has healed his body so where are the other nine Jesus said where are the other nine 
Now I want to ask you a question. Do you think Jesus is really that naive? Do you think God, do you think that God did not know where Adam and Eve were after they eat of the forbidden fruit when he walked in the garden in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where art thou? Do you think Jesus, do you think Jesus didn't know where the nine were? Do you think God didn't know where Adam, do you think God doesn't know where we're at? Don't fool yourself. Because he's omnipotent. And he's omniscient. And he's omnipresent. And, and he knows everything and he sees everything and he knows, he even knows the number of hair on our head. And for me and a few others in this room, that is a little bit easier than some of the rest of you. But that is how well he knows us. You see, while Scripture doesn't give us an individual, individual explanation for all these nines, and we, all the nine, and we never do find that, I call them the nines, the nines' unwillingness to worship, to come back and to give praise and adoration to the one that has healed them. Uh, I, I think we can soundly arrive at, at this, this is a sound hypothesis, I think. Like many people, even today, I believe those nine received just enough for the priests to declare them clean. And that's what they were interested in. They wanted, they wanted to be declared clean. They wanted to be able to go back home. They wanted to be able to do whatever and, and return to society, if you would. So, so they, you know, and I know you younger people don't know what I'm talking about. I was picking a little bit of Jaden back there this morning. I asked him what he put on his hair. And he said, I just put water on it. He said, I just put my head back under the shower. I thought for sure he had Dapper Dan or something like that on the hair. You know, when, when, when I was, when I was your age, Jaden, I used, I used just for men hairspray. I want you to know that. Your papa still probably uses that if they make it. But, but there used to be another thing back in the, I can remember it from the seventies and it was called Brill, was it Brill Cream? And just a little dab will do. You know, and it was hair gel for men. And, and, and you could get that Elvis Presley roach with just a little drop on your comb, so they said. I never tried it. But you know, sometimes in our experience with God, we will, we want just enough to satisfy the need that we have in the moment that we're in. Just a little dab meal do me, Lord. Just healed enough to go over to, to the priest. Just enough to get by. Just so I can go over there and that priest can call me clean. I have a feeling that maybe that there was some of the attitude of the Niners, if you would. They've received just enough. Or maybe it was the selfishness of the flesh had had its need met. Maybe maybe it was just selfish. I got what I want. Now I'm on my way. Listen, I, I, I'm a firm believer. As I, when I when I'm ministering to a family that's going through a difficult season, a difficult time, usually it's a time that someone is is, is being weighed in the balances of death. And and, and I've I've sat down with families and I've heard family members begin to make promises and they'll say, God, if you'll do this, I will serve you. God, if you'll do that, I will be more faithful. God, if you and listen, don't don't make your relationship, don't build your relationship on bargaining with God. 
In fact, if your relationship that you have has been built on bargaining with God, don't do that. He don't want to, he don't want to strike a bargain up with you. He wants you to be fully submitted to Him. And then, or maybe it was, uh, they were just quick to receive their blessing. They received the blessing and they forgot totally about the blesser. You know, sometimes we do that. Even, even people that are not Christians, you know, do you, do you know you don't have to be a Christian to be blessed? Did you realize that? Now, there's certain blessings that you can't walk into, but, but, but do you know that, that you don't have to be a Christian to be blessed? There, there are people, God's amazing grace and His mercy. There's people all over this great country that we live in. There's people that live on this world that have great success in many ways and, and great things have occurred in their life and they don't give God a fault. They still have blessings even though they don't acknowledge the blesser. But when we begin to acknowledge the blesser and we will return to Him and we will give Him worship and we will give Him praise and we will give Him adoration, then the blesser begins to do do even greater works in our lives. So this is what I want to leave you with in this as we enter this Thanksgiving week is simply be the one. Be the one. Be the one. You see, leprosy is physically it's a consuming disease. It consumes it physically consumes the body. Leprosy in the Old Testament, uh, leprosy in the Old Testament is, and, and even in the New, is considered to be a type of, a type of, or an illustration of, typology or an illustration of sin. Sin's eating away at us. Sin is killing us. Sin, sin is destroying us. And when we begin to look at leprosy, leprosy is a consuming disease. Sin is consuming us. Sin will take us, somebody said, and I won't get this exactly right, but sin will take us farther than we ever intended to go and it will leave us there to die. It literally consumes leprosy. It literally consumes the extremities of the body. Sin consumes more than we can ever imagine. I'm going to get in some territory right now. And, and this, hey, I love, I love you regardless of how you take this. I want you to know I love you. But let me tell you something. I never met a drunkard. I never met a man or a woman that's dying of cirrhosis that intended to die of, of cirrhosis when they took the first drink. I never met a person that was dying of lung cancer and gasping for every breath as they lay on their bed with lung cancer from from addictions that have destroyed their body that intended for that to happen when they started. I never I never met a person that was that was dying with AIDS, and I have met a few that have been, have been dying and have died with HIV. That person never intended for that to happen when they started having promiscuous sex. Or sex, same couple, sex. I'll tell you something. Sin will take us places that we never intended to go. It will do things to us that we never thought will happen. Sin is a destroyer. And it will slowly eat away at us. i got to hurry up. i got a funeral to go to. But i got to finish this. Nine people were healed on this day. As they went to the priest, it probably wasn't a long journey. It's probably just a few hours. These nine were healed. 
They were That means that they were pronounced clean according to the Mosaic Law of Leviticus chapter 14. You can go there and you can read that if you'd like. But here's the thing. Those nine that were healed, and you study out the context of the Bible, the nine that were healed were pronounced clean, no doubt about that. But I want you to understand this. The physical scars of their disability remained. The physical scars, they they were healed meant that they were pronounced clean. There was still, but the scars of leprosy remained on their body. Some of them were still probably missing fingers. I saw people while in, while I didn't see it so much in Mozambique or in South Africa as as I saw it in Kenya. I saw people, people that had had their arms, that had leprosy still very prominent in those countries, that had their arms eaten off up to their elbow. I saw one one fellow that was actually his leprosy had taken his legs and he had took tire tread and made sandals for on his hands and he walked on his hands like a duck because leprosy had consumed his lower extremities. And that doesn't sound pretty, but it, it but it's but it is it's real. And, and but but even if those people were to be healed, even if they were to be healed, and that these nine were healed. The scars remained. The mangled extremities were still there. Somebody could look at them and, and, and we can, and then in one sense we could take it in a positive light. You could say, well you can look at that person. They were mangled, they're mangled from leprosy, but, but the Lord has healed them. They're not going to die from leprosy because they're being healed. But now this one, the one, be the one. The one that came back was different than everybody else. Because the one that came back to worship the Lord, the one that came back and cried loudly before the Lord, the one that came back and fell on his face and declared him Jesus, the one was different than everybody else. Because that one, the scripture states, was made whole. I want you to understand what wholeness means, if you would, this morning. Wholeness means restoration. Let me, let me paint a picture for you if I can. Not that I'm a good artist or a good, uh, a person that's that great with words, but I'm gonna try this morning. So, so you have nine guys that, that, they cried out to Jesus. They went on their way just like Jesus told them and they're healed. They go to the priest and they're pronounced clean. But you got one guy that comes back out of that original ten. This one guy comes back. He says, where's the other nine? They said, we, I, I don't have a clue. I don't know what's going on with them. Why wouldn't they come back? I don't know, man. I can't answer that, Jesus. But I come here to praise you and I am here to worship you and I come here to give you glory. And I come here to give you honor. Jesus said, he said, because of your faith and because of the worship that you bring to me and the thanksgiving that you've given me and you've honored me with, I'm going to make you whole. And suddenly that man looks down and on his hand that perhaps three or four fingers had been eaten off, all of a sudden he's got fingers. He begins to look down at his feet and maybe on that foot that was missing toes, all of a sudden there's toes. He reaches up and touches the side of his head and on the side of his head where his ear had been eaten off, 
off by leprosy, all of a sudden there's ear. You see, wholeness depicts total restoration. Total restoration that goes beyond just the healing, if you would. But He is restored and He is made. What wholeness means is He is made as new. And that's exactly what Jesus does in our life. He comes in and He does a work in us. If we will praise Him, if we will worship Him, and He will make us as new. So be the one, be the one, be the one that comes back and praises Him because it is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it. The scars are vanished. And extremities are restored. Everything that has been lost is regained. Now did Jesus do something for all ten of them? Yes, He did. But there was only one that came back and offered themselves in worship. And that is the one that Jesus healed and made whole. The fingers were back. The toes were back. The ear was back. You know, most of y'all know I'm an old blue, I'm a bluegrass, I'm a bluegrasser, I'm a bluegrass guy. You know, I, I love my banjos, I love my dobro and all that stuff. And, you know, but, and I want to tell you some, some, some of the blue, what are called bluegrass gospel songs are some of the most heretical gospel songs that you could ever hear. There's one that, there's one that, uh, I used to have an album and it had, it had on there a song that said, I'm a hobo on a freight train to heaven. I don't have a ticket. I'm just bumming a ride. Let me tell you something. It don't work that way. <clears throat> I heard somebody say, one time they said, I just want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. That's all I want to do. That's you. I guess that's a decision you got to make. But I want to tell you something. Number one, I, I don't have any skin on my teeth. Number one, I went to the dentist this week and had mine clean. But I don't have any skin on my teeth anyway. I, I, I don't want to make it to heaven by the skin of my teeth. When, when, when that comes down to that, that beam of seat, when, when God begins to, you see, because either you're saved or you're not saved. God's not going to judge you saved or lost. Either you're saved or you're not saved in this life. But when you're saved, you will appear at the beam of seat of Christ. And as you appear at that beam of seat, our works will be judged. They will be cast in the fire and some are going to be consumed, but others are going to come out as pure gold. And we're going to be awarded, awarded crowns, if you would. We are going to be rewarded for our faithfulness and our works here in this life. Let me tell you, I don't want to go. And then later on, when we're gathered around the sea of glass, we're going to cast our crowns down in worship before the Lord. And I don't want to, I don't want to just show up and be, have you ever been to a wedding and they throw rice after the wedding, but nobody handed you any rice? It makes you feel left out, don't it? I want to, I, listen, when I stand at, when I stand at that day around that glassy throne, I want to have some crowns to cast at the feet of Jesus. Here you go, Jesus. Here's some more. Here's some more. Here's some more. Here's some more. 
I don't want to take on some get by the skin of your teeth or just give me a cabin in the corner of glory land or I'm a hobo on a freight train to heaven mentality. No, no, no. No, I want to worship Jesus with all I have. I want to, I want to stretch out before Him. I want to go back and thank Him. Even, I, I, not, not necessarily to see my extremities restored, but I want to go back and praise Him because He is worthy. He did something for me that nobody else could do. And He's done something for you that nobody else can do. The only difference between me and some of you is I've received it because He is my Lord and my Savior and you need to. So this morning I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in this room, if you're in this room and you've never been saved or if you're in this room and you need to renew your covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to renew. You need to rededicate your life real quickly without embarrassment. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Is there one in person in this room? Pray for me. I take by the absence of any hands raised, being raised, that everybody in this room is, is secure in your salvation. That's good news. There may be some of you watching by live stream or listening this morning or even at a later date. I want you to know you can you can go back. You can cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. Lord, I'm a leper. Lord, I need healing. Save me. And He will save you. And you just continue to praise Him and to worship Him and to give Him glory and honor and let Him make you whole. I want everybody in the room, if you would, to just stand to your feet for just a moment. As we enter into this Today is actually the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. And as we go into this week that we've set aside in this great country that we live in for Thanksgiving. Right now, I just want you to, I don't want you to ask the Lord for anything. I don't want you to ask Him to bless you. I don't want you to ask Him to bless America, to bless Israel. I don't want you to ask Him for anything. But what I want you to do right now is just to lift your hands. You know this leper that came back? I don't know. He may have been an introvert. I would like to think of that he was an introverted guy. He was real shy. But listen, after Jesus heals you of leprosy, you get over your shyness. And he started he started coming back and he started saying, Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I praise you. Hey, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And I want us right now, with hands lifted high, hearts abandoned, let's just praise Jesus right now for just a few minutes. Lord Jesus, we bless you. We praise you. We honor you in this house right now. We lift up our voice. We lift up our hands. Lord, we adore you and we worship you. Lord, we ask for nothing, but we offer you praise. Lord, we just offer you glory. Lord, you... Lord, you're so worthy, Lord Jesus. Lord, your loving kindness is so wonderful, so great. Lord, we bless you in this place today. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for ever blessing upon me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for meeting every need in my life. Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me, Lord. 
for not only announcing me clean, but making me whole, Lord. I praise you. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you today, Lord. You're a wonderful, mighty God. I just praise you today, Jesus. We worship you today, Jesus. While you're standing to your feet right now, I just want you to put your hands together in an ovation of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you join me? Lord, we worship. He is worthy. 